Sorry, Parker, just deal with it. Um, three, two, one. Welcome in, Husker Extra Podcast. It's me, it's Sipple, it's Parker, it's Gus. Say hello, Gus. Hi, Gus. Hi, Gussie. Gus would like everybody to know uh, the Husker Extra Podcast is sponsored by Tom Dinsdale Automotive of of Grand Island and Hastings. Uh, Appreciate those guys uh, sponsoring the podcast, allowing us to bring it to you each week. A lot to talk about this week, of course, Nebraska getting back on the field uh, Saturday against Northwestern. Uh, 11 a.m. kick up in lovely Evanston, America, uh, against the 2-0 Wildcats, who are coming off an impressive uh, comeback win uh, at Iowa last week, 21-20. New offensive coordinator, they're running the ball, uh, pounding it at people. They're running the ball. They're, they are, they're running, they, running. Maybe not well, but they're running it a lot. Yeah, they leaned hard on their bad running game against Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> they beat Iowa with hey, that terrible running game. Four point two a carry, but they're carrying it more than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's, that's, have you done your scouting report? I have. That's actually a stat in the uh, in the scout. Northwestern has uh, twenty more carries than any team in the league. Um, cool. They are leading the Big Ten in rushing yards per game. And yeah, I mean, they're and they're second in time of possession behind Wisconsin, who of course has only played one game so far. So. Hmm. They're basically playing keep away and they have a really good defense on top of that. They so. went down, they went down 17 to nothing against Iowa and still they ran it 60 times and threw it 18 times. Threw it 18 times with a really good quarterback. Yeah. By the right. Way. And in, I in think all seriousness, like, it was all underneath passing stuff. Like they didn't push a ball down the field at all. It yeah, was like all seriousness. And dunk and a cloud of dust. Yeah. That, and that indicates to me, that they have a high level of trust in what they're doing. You know, there's no panic. You, you, you watch the game. They didn't panic at all. Well, I mean, obviously they didn't panic because as you stated on some radio show this morning, Parker, they, about 725 they, uh, AM. Yeah. yeah that was ball. early break with sip and Jake. On, uh, yeah. 93, seven FM ticket Lincoln, Nebraska. Come on. I mean, I make enough money without you guys shilling for me. I appreciate she, it. Okay. Um, okay. Just rub yeah. it in. I can barely feed my poor dog here. Oh, Gus looks fine. Don't we're going to be in. Uh, we're we're going to be in Simple. There's plenty of time to plenty of time to make that right. <laughs> hey, um, what I was going to say is that sh- that shows so much trust in what they're doing, and that's I mean that's a separator. Uh, Northwestern, you know, the Northwesterns of the world with a 14 year head coach, Wisconsin with Barry Alvarez there since, you know, the nineties, um, Iowa with Kirk Ferentz there for 21 years, those, those places trust, they have a high degree of trust in what they're doing. And that's, that, that was really evident in that game as it pertains to Northwestern. Yeah. They, they trust it. They recruit to it. They don't have guys that are, that are game breakers, but you know, it's kind of like Eric Shenander said today, they, they have guys that, that can run that scheme that they're running and it's not pretty. But you know what? It's been good enough for 2-0, and, and they're more than happy to, to just kind of wait around and let you beat yourself. And that even happened with Iowa. Even after Iowa jumped up big early, Northwestern got a couple turnovers in the second half, put together some drives, just kind of stayed with it, made Spencer – turned Spencer Petrus into a throw. He threw it, what, 49 times? Yeah, um, 50 times, yeah. 50 times. And, and, of course, that's not what Iowa wants to do. So they, they basically waited for their, the other team to blink, and Iowa blinked. And they threw it a bunch, and all of a sudden, Northwestern's winning that game. So, yeah, you're right, Sip. It just it just shows you 
the trust that they have in, in Pat Fitzgerald, also the trust they have in a first-year coordinator in Mike Bajaki. So, uh, yeah, trust is, trust is the key, key word there. It couldn't have been a more, and, and this will obviously wind into Saturday, you know, in, in Northwestern Nebraska, but, like, it could not have been a more Northwestern win. I mean, it was, they, they, and frankly, just a, it was like the, you could distill it and sell it as this is the big 10 West right here. Essence of the big 10. I mean, that when Iowa scored early, it was on, it was a turnover and, you know, then they scored again on a short field and then Northwestern, when they came back, they, what did they do? Force a turnover, short field scored. I mean, it was the same thing. They turned over, uh, they intercepted Peters three times, um, you know, good field position, and when they got down there, they, they, you know, capitalized. And that was really the difference was uh, they scored three touchdowns in the red zone and Iowa scored two and had to kick a field goal one time. I mean, it's, it's, it was just, it was exactly what you'd expect from uh, two teams, but Northwestern in particular. I mean, it sounds, I feel like sometimes, you know, Scott Frost talks or Eric Chenander's talking or whatever, it's like your eyes glaze over when they're talking about these teams, right? Like, they're not going to beat themselves. They know who they are. They're tough. It's like, it all, it's like, it sounds like coach speak, but then you watch them play and you're like, yeah, I mean, that's exactly, yeah. It's just like yeah. literally how they win. It's coach speak win. come to life. That, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Then, then you watch them play and your eyes glaze over <laughs> and, until the fourth quarter when they're ahead of you. Yeah. When um, they're winning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I kind of, Kind of leads us into this matchup this weekend, Nebraska at Northwestern, Nebraska 0-1, Northwestern 2-0. This will be our Husker Extra hot topic this week. Oh boy. Kind of a kind of maybe a lame oh. one or a cookie cutter one, but it 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 fits, I think. Is this a must-win game for Nebraska? And I'll I'll let you guys I'll let you guys take the lead and go first. Uh go ahead, Parker. Well, I mean, if you want to, if you want to win the West division, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, that's the, the world's not going to end if, uh, you know, if, if Nebraska loses, but yeah, if you want to, if you have designs of winning the West, which I mean, I think, look, if you watch the first two weeks, um, you know, Wisconsin looked awfully good against Illinois week one, but their season's gone completely off the rails. Now they they'll be back prob I mean, probably, um, you know, against Michigan on the 14th, they're not playing this week. Um, you don't know how shorthanded they're going to be against Michigan. Graham Mertz, by the back of the envelope math, might be back, might not. But, uh, you know, like outside of that, there's not a dominant team in the West. The teams that we thought might challenge, two of them, Iowa, Minnesota, are both 0-2. And look who's 2-0. It's Northwestern and Purdue. So, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why any team, like literally any team in the West, um, shouldn't be thinking about winning the division. That includes Nebraska. So from that aspect, yeah, it, it's a must win if you want to try to end up in Indianapolis at the end of the year. You know, I mean, I, I it just feels like a, it just sort of feels like a big game. I don't know, maybe it's because we've only had one in the last 11 months or whatever, but um, it feels like a game that's got something on the line. And that's, you know, that's fun. Okay. Is it a must win? I mean, I think you covered it pretty well. The thing I would add is, Here's the deal with Northwestern, Baz. Now you're writing this, so get it right. Um, the, <laughs> okay. The, uh, I, thought, I thought Northwestern against Iowa looked, and I watched it. I saw every play of that game. It looked like they were on a mission to me. They looked like a team on a mission because they were 3-9 and nine last year. 
one and eight in the Big Ten. I've said this all week. Fitzgerald told the guys after right after the season, this will never happen again at Northwestern. And they're playing like that. That's the way they're playing. Now, now, now look at them. Now they're two and oh. So they have that intangible, incredible, intangible going for them that they're that they're on this mission, I think. Now you add a layer to it. Man, if we beat Nebraska, we're three and oh in the in the league. And our schedule is they have maybe the most manageable schedule the rest of the way they have after Nebraska, they have Purdue, you know, that's very manageable. Wisconsin tough game. Then they have Sparty, uh, uh, just a, a, a nose diving Minnesota and a terrible Illinois team. If they get to three and Oh, Northwestern's in good shape. I mean, or, or you might say great shape to, to make a nice run at this. So yeah, Nebraska's got to derail them. I mean, I think I think it's critical. I think you're exactly right. I, the more that I look at it, the, the more it definitely looks like a must-win given Northwestern's relatively easy schedule. Relatively easy schedule. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no gamies, of course. Even the game next week for them, Purdue, uh, is going to be a tough one uh, with the way Purdue's playing. But you mentioned Northwestern's schedule. Look at the rest of Nebraska's schedule. You get Penn State after this, and then you get into a bunch of West teams that, that you've had trouble with. Uh, in the last couple of years, Minnesota, Purdue, you know, even though you, even though you, you miss Wisconsin, so to speak, because the game, the game got uh, canceled, you still got to go out and, and beat all these teams. And, and if you drop this one and you're zero and two and Northwestern's three and oh, and, and you've, you've lost an opportunity because you already lost a game. Then, then what, the, you know, then what are you playing for? And Scott Frost has talked about, well, we just want to play. We just want to play. Well, we'll find out how much they want to play. Uh, if, if they're 0-2 and, and they're staring up at 3-0 Northwestern and looking at Northwestern's schedule and realizing what the odds are of, of maybe winning that division and getting to a, getting to a Big Ten uh, title game uh, would become. So, yeah, it's, it really is a fascinating matchup for, for those reasons, for the reason this game is close year after year, it seems like, for the reason of what happened the last time Nebraska was in Evanston they had that game all but one. Uh, and gave up a 99-yard touchdown drive at the end of regulation and lost in overtime. You know, there's, there, I mean, there's there's some scar tissue uh, that is there already and could, you know, get built up even more if you go lose this game again. So, yeah, we'll see. Is it a must win in, in the sense of Big Ten West implications? Yeah, but it's also a must win in the sense of we can maybe, you know, exercise some demons a little bit if we go play really well and, and beat what looks like a pretty good team. Yeah, it's, it's yep. interesting you say that, Baz, and and just, you know, for the record, you don't have to transcribe. This is part of the hot topic, I think. That's Thank you. Plenty. Um, but, <laughs> the, but, you know, there is. I think you're, you're exactly right about, about scar tissue, and I thought it was interesting, you know, that the, one of the themes coming out of Monday, hearing from Scott Frost and some of the players, was about, you know, this idea that they're a team with a chip on their shoulder. I mean, teams say that a lot, and I'm not saying that it's not legit or anything like that, but it feels similar in some way. It's very different circumstances, but it feels similar in a sense to when Nebraska went to Purdue or to Northwestern, excuse me, in 2018. At that point, they were 0-5. It was Frost's first year. He didn't have a win yet, but they had played well enough in the two weeks before that. They felt like they should have won. And there was a similar sentiment of, hey, it's time for us to break through. You know, it's time for Nebraska to, okay. to stake yeah. a claim as, as having some momentum and to get this thing rolling. 
And they came out and put 14 on the board real quick and, and they were in full control of that game. They let it get away. And like you, like you described with that 99 yard drive, I mean, it was in pretty inexplicable loss. And so to me, like it just, it feels like a moment where I don't know if players or coaches think this way, but it just, I think that one thing that players and coaches do typically have is they have a sense of when there's opportunity at hand. And it feels like a week where Nebraska has an opportunity to, to go win a game and make a statement and say, look, we're, we're going to be a factor here um, this fall. But here's the deal. There's, there's, there's the other side of that where you're playing a team that, that probably feels the same way. That there's oh, yeah. a huge opportunity. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I think, right. yeah, I think this is a, I think the game will be intense. I know it will from Northwestern standpoint. I, I, I guarantee it. Northwestern will, will be intense. You hope if you're a Nebraska fan that Nebraska matches that intensity. And I have a feeling they will because of the things you laid out, but also just because of the, the way their head coach is right now, sort of surly, we just want to play. Um, I don't think I, I can't imagine Nebraska being flat for this game. I just, what what if they what if they are flat though? Like what uh, if they trouble. come out and it's it's thirteen to nothing? You know, into the first quarter, Nebraska's lost another fumble. Like what 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 do we take away? It, I'm playing hypothetical here, of course, but but what what if that happens? Then then where then where then where are we at? Yeah, it's interesting because you know Frost was asked like a sort of a version of that question, but on a broader scale on Monday, um, he was asked if he's worried at all about the spirit of his team being damaged or broken because of all the rigmarole of trying to get to this point and then having a game canceled and all that. And he really, I mean, he bristled uh, just at that notion. And he said, I haven't thought about that for one second because I don't see it with my team. And so, yeah, it, it would be bad, obviously, if that happened. But I, I, like I, I guess I agree with both of you. Like, I'd be really surprised if that was. No, that yeah. won't happen. You know, it like. Won't. Now, they came out humming against Ohio State, too, and not only were they outmanned from a talent perspective, but the same old song and dance sort of cropped up, right? Penalties, turnovers, you know, a dumb play here and there. So the, I, it, it, it won't be – the thing that makes beating a team like Northwestern on a regular basis tough is coming out and wanting to be there and playing hard is not guaranteed. That's not enough to get it done, right? Like they're going to have – Nebraska's going to have to do that and also, you don't have to play spectacular, but um, they no. got to probably play a pretty clean football game in addition to matching physicality to, to be there with a chance to win it. It's, yes. it's amazing how fascinating this game is, considering it's game two for Nebraska, game three for Northwestern, and it's two teams that have been decidedly not fascinating the, the, the last <laughs> few years, at least on the field. And it's fascinating too, because it's part of like a, it's part of like an interesting start for the big 10, right? Like Northwestern Purdue next week, it could be a, a massive game uh, depending on the result of what yeah. happens Saturday, you know, and Purdue's playing at such a high level. David Bell is all of a sudden like a, like a dark horse Heisman candidate. We've seen Minnesota, as Sipple said, just kind of go into a free fall these first two games and give up a million yards and a million points. We've seen Michigan state beat Michigan you know, really the only thing that hasn't been a surprise is that Ohio State's been pretty good. I, I guess as we kind of look pretty at these good. first Better couple, pretty are, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess as we look at these 
you know, first two, three weeks of the season, what are maybe some things that, that have kind of stood out to you guys just as far as what what's happened, the big 10, what it kind of looks like, you know, through basically through the quarter poll so far. Well, Indiana is a big story. I mean, if India, I mean, Indiana plays Michigan this week in a game. I, I don't know. I, you guys could look this up for me. What, Ooh, what time? I is will. It? it feels oh. like must see. It feels like must see TV to me. I thought Harbaugh you were going to want to know. I, I thought you wanted to know the line on it. Well, I don't need to know that. Michigan, Michigan, Indiana, 11 a.m. Well, that sucks because I'll opposite Nebraska Northwestern. Yeah, that's a it's a big game for Harbaugh. But think about Indiana, an Indiana victory. If Indiana were to beat Michigan, that would mean they would have wins against Penn State and Michigan, which, again, we said at the outset, they'd make a strong case for being the second best team in the league, a distant a second best, a distant second best team in the league. But Indiana is the second best team in the league is a very unexpected picture, even even in that, to be in that conversation. But man, and they'll have a chance to beat Michigan for a couple reasons. What's happened at Indiana that's most interesting to me is they're playing defense now. They play they're a good defensive team. They're veteran, and they they're good. They're stopping the run. Um, if I, you know, I kind of figured they'd be pretty good on offense. I didn't know that, that their defense would progress like this. And Michigan, on the other hand, running backs only had 93 yards rushing last week. Uh, Milton, Milton, Joe Milton, the quarterback, led them in rushing. And the other thing about Michigan is their defense is young in the secondary, and they gave up five passes of 30 yards or more to Michigan State. And, and Indiana can do that to you. I think it'll be a really close game. So that 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 story alone is an interesting one, but there's other ones that you guys can cover. It's it's been really interesting so far. Yeah, well, the flip side of that coin with Indiana is if they go to three and zero, I mean that would you know what that means for Michigan, you know? And it's been one thing for you know Jim Harbaugh to not be able to get over the Ohio State hump, but I mean you lose to Indiana and you're looking at the potential potential you know finishing fourth maybe in that division uh that would not that would not be good for Michigan the the west to me I mean it's just you know we, we've talked some about it already but the idea that Northwestern and Purdue are both two and oh and Minnesota and Iowa are both oh and two is just pretty amazing I mean you know Iowa watching them against Northwestern I thought they they looked like a team very capable of winning games in the Big Ten West but lost a close one uh, to Purdue opening week and then lost a close one to Northwestern. And it just shows you how, how thin the margin is um, between being, you know, right in the mix this, this year and, and not being. Um, two, two losses by five total points in those two games. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. And then the only other thing I thought about this uh, this morning, the thing I can't get over about Minnesota, I mean, not only, okay, so yeah, they gave up 675 yards and 45 points to, to Maryland. Maryland um, and that and <laughs> similar numbers the week before to Michigan you don't always want to play the you know the ipso facto game but not only did they give up prodigious totals to both of those teams but look at what each of those teams did in their other games like that's a that Michigan team that did it to them lost to Michigan State the next week yeah and mm-hmm. that Maryland team that did it to them had 205 yards and scored three points the week before that against Northwestern. So not only have they gotten destroyed twice, but the teams that they, that have done that to them 
have played like crap in their other two games. Like it's yeah, it's, it's so it's, bizarre because like their defense was good last year, and right. all of a sudden it's back to like where it was two years ago when Nebraska just about hung sixty on them, and everybody else was running through them, and they finally got rid of that defensive coordinator. It's just it's just bizarre the way they progressed. Well, Antoine Winfield is already one of the better safeties in the NFL as a rookie. So that's true. That's that's, that's yeah. that hurts when you lose a guy like that, and you know Kamal Martin starts for the Green Bay Packers, and you know they lost Carter Coggin was Carter Coggin was a good player. Yeah. yeah, they lost four stars, basically. I mean, I think they lost seven overall, but four of them were really good. Yeah, that bar was at Barber. Was there other inside linebacker? Oh, yeah, he was good, too. You're right. Yeah, he was a good Barber. player. So, yeah, they lost a lot off that defense, but holy cow. I mean, it's one thing to lose something off your defense. It's another thing to give up 700 yards to Maryland. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and two, and two what, was it 225 to the running back who had two rebuilt knees? Yeah, Jake Jake Funk has has had double ACL and he ran for ten yards a carry, two hundred plus yards on twenty. He's carries. running like Billy Sims. I mean, what? I mean, what is what happened to that defense? I believe that's my his, God. That's his my God, PJ. White Come shoes. On. Come on, I'll go. I, you guys have covered it pretty good, but to me, produced like super interesting. Like okay. David Bell's like out of his gourd good. And we knew that he was great last year. I didn't he's know been, that necessarily. He's he's raised at a level. No, he's well, taking. Yeah, he's raised uh, at a level. But he had eighty catches last year. So yeah, that's he had pretty, eighty catches, like twelve hundred yards last year. Like he's pretty he's good. Pretty good. Yeah, but like he's gone crazy this year. And then you look at their results, and they beat Iowa by four points, and they beat Illinois, who's god awful by a touchdown. It's, it's not like they've blown anybody up. They've got like an absolute superstar at wide receiver who isn't named Rondale Moore. And he's basically been enough to like, to like help them win, help to basically lift yeah. them to two wins. And now you look at their schedule, they, they lost their game against Wisconsin. They get Northwestern at home in two weeks. Yeah. And it's Minnesota, Rutgers, yeah. Nebraska, you know, and, and then they play Indiana to end the year. And in the shortened season, you're going, Whoa, like you're going to, you're, like they could be right there, just like Northwestern. If Northwestern wins this week, like it's it could really come down to those two teams out of the West, and Purdue might do it with their best player being a wide receiver. And, you know, and that's just to me, that's just crazy to think that that could happen. Where's Rondale? Where's Rondale at? He's got they a lower. He's hurt. Yeah, yeah. They they won't say what it is. Like they won't say why what's hurt, and they won't say how long he's out. Like it, they're being very secretive about it. It's it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, he he opted out the summer, then he opted back in and you just wonder like, at what point, at what point does he consider not playing? I mean, it's been yeah. two out of eight. There's, there's the pull of Purdue being, you know, two and oh, and, and maybe you want to get back into that. But at some point, if you think you're a first round draft pick, I mean, how much of an injury or how much re-injury risk are you going to put yourself at? Well, yeah, I, no, like, when I hope obviously they, they plays cause he's so much fun to watch and it would be we really haven't seen he him and David Bell on the field much together because he only played in what four three or four games last year and David Bell yeah, was four. just getting going. So um that they, they get obviously it goes without saying, I mean they get they get substantially more dangerous if they're rolling, you know, Rondell Moore and David Bell out there at the same time. What what is the yeah, I I mean, what else does Purdue have? I mean, they have well, they Xander got, Horvath. Yeah, they got they got a pretty good defensive end. 
George Carleft. Got, got hurt last game. Watch that injury. Yeah. He got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. They, but yeah, you're <laughs> right. Like their quarterback was a walk on. Like they don't have stars. You know, they've got some okay guys, but they've got one superstar and just kind of a bunch of guys. Their quarterback is that kid that made that big time throw against Nebraska last year, right? On third and Aiden O'Connell. Aiden yeah, O'Connell. Yeah. Remember that ball, Sipple? We were in the end zone looking straight down the barrel at it. Yeah. He, he ripped one to. That's right. Yeah. yeah that was, to keep it I was, that? yeah. I was incensed that game. I, I mean, I was like, <laughs> come on. You cannot, you seriously can't close this team out. All they needed was a stop. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Nebraska yeah. needed to stop, and 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 Purdue is down to their third string running back and their third string quarterback, and that running back is running like he's Archie Griffin, and that's multiple forty year ago running backs that Sipples mentioned on the podcast. And O'Connell, and O'Connell is like Drew Brees. I, I mean, it was weird. It was terrible. I just thought it was yeah. awful. Like, and then, he was, then it was David Bell that capped it off, right? On the yeah, on the, the reverse. Yeah. yeah. Do you call it an end around or reverse? Well, I, just, I think it was an it was it was not a reverse. I think it was an end around. Okay. Okay. I, if I remember correctly, and I mean, yeah. like he walked in, like it was one of those pictures, like when you're yeah. watching a game, like the running backs got nobody else on the screen with him. That was David Bell, except they were on like the ten yard line, and there was still like yeah. nobody from Nebraska in the picture. Yeah, it was, it was, it was something. That's for sure. Should we, uh, yep. should we talk a little hoops to wrap this baby up? How wh- how deep are we in here? I don't know. How many minutes? How many oh, we're minutes? Deep. <laughs> we're deep in. We, we didn't start it a- like a even time, and I, Zoom doesn't tell you how long you've been going. It's like being in a casino. It's like being in a casino. All of a yeah. sudden, you walk outside and you're like, "Oh, it's night." Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what people are going to be like when they get done listening to this. Like it's it's eight what day p.m. Is it? Yeah, it's it's now noon on a Friday, and I just got done. Who's the president? <laughs> Parker. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Baz, there is an interesting hoops story. It's weird, right? Pandemics. Yeah, it's it's just another you know pandemic. Type situation, basically. That Nebraska sent an email to its season ticket holders today saying they're not going to sell season tickets, which is not really a surprise. Uh, but they said if they do allow fans, they're going to sell single game tickets and give preference to season ticket holders. So they're basically asking the season ticket holders to take this survey that asks, you know, are you interested in attending games? Yes or no. And, and they're going to they're going to kind of base things off that, I think. So. And the, again, this is all dependent on if the Big Ten even allows fans uh, in Pinnacle Bank Arena. You would have to think they won't at this point because they haven't with football, you know, unless that changes. Uh, it's you got to think the the safety part of it will, will stay the same. And and oh, by the way, we're not we're not going to sell season tickets in a season where so far Nebraska has exactly one game on its schedule and the season starts in three weeks. It starts three weeks from today. Um we know there's a Big Ten schedule coming at some point, probably. That will probably be at least 20 games. Could be a couple more in there, maybe. We know Nebraska's working on a multi-team event uh, in Lincoln that could have up to 16 teams, could have 12, could have any number of, of participants. We don't know. We're three weeks from the start of the season, and we don't know who Nebraska is playing for the first basically two weeks of the season. And we don't know the conference schedule. I've played in Y leagues that were more organized than that. 
It's it's really amazing. Like after the debacle the Big Ten went through with its football schedule and having it, killing it, bringing it back, leaving yourself no wiggle room, you're now three weeks out from a college basketball season. You have no schedule, and you've made no announcement about when you might release a schedule or what that could possibly look like. Like it's just been radio silence from the league. Yeah, so, the good thing though is the Big Ten's very transparent. You can just call. Yeah, them they're transparent, up. and yeah, they, they've shown in the past. You can always show. get a comment from the Big Ten. Yeah, you can just call them up, Baz, and ask them what's yeah. going on, and you'll get right to them. Yeah, I, I asked for a comment. I believe about a month and a half ago, and shockingly, never heard back anything. That's from, shocking. From the Big Ten. So, That's only happened yeah, to me like surprising. three times. You know, times guys, you remember, you remember the Big 12? Remember they had a commissioner named Dan Beebe? Dan Beebe, Baz? Yeah. Remember Beebe? I used to call I him on his cell phone. I mean, sure. You could shoot the breeze with him. I mean, if I if you heard a Journey song you liked, he liked Journey, you could call him. I mean, it, it's we're in such a different world now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's bizarre. The, tra- the lack of transparency Certainly doesn't help. Now, of course, these, these coaches are in meetings every day. They're talking about this behind the scenes. But still, if you're Fred Hoiberg, you think you might have a, a, a decent team this year. You think you might want to know your schedule more than three weeks before the season. Oh, I know he's frustrated. He's frustrated. You know, like, 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 or any coach, Tom Izzo, you know, Chris Collins. Oh, Izzo's, Izzo's just talking about games openly against, against non-conference teams that aren't yeah. even on a schedule. I know, he's, it's he's, beautiful. Izzo's a yeah. beauty. Sounds like Nebraska talking. football. Yeah, he's just talking about games that aren't scheduled. It's it's yeah. really bizarre. Uh, I mean, Baz, yeah. is that it? Was that a was that a clue though today? Since Oklahoma State has accounted for most of what we know about this MTE, or at least some of it, was that a clue today that they are now opening their season uh, in Texas on the twenty fifth? Yeah, I saw, I saw that too. You wonder what that's going to look like. Um, well, you know, don't you wonder if it's going to happen, the multi do you Well, yeah, A, do you wonder if it's going to happen? B, do you wonder if it's going to happen to start the season? Like, like right. a yeah. lot of people thought it would, or does, does it get moved to, you know, the 30th or whatever, whenever it gets right. Maybe maybe the, maybe the Big Ten is going to say you can't play any games before January 1st, you know, or, or yeah. December 1st or whatever. I mean, who knows? Again, we don't know because nobody's saying anything. We don't have an idea of what this timetable is going to look like. That's the most frustrating. It's frustrating for us as journalists trying to cover it. And God, it's got to be frustrating for these coaches and and players and programs because you've been practicing for months upon months upon months. You haven't played a game since last March. You know, you haven't played a game for nine months. You know, today's November 4th. Nebraska, I believe, was supposed to play an exhibition game tonight to start their season uh, in in the original schedule. And and so and now you're sitting here, you've been practicing for basically a month already. And you basically got a three more weeks of practice and you still don't know your schedule any better than you did a month ago. So yeah, there's, there's still a lot to be figured out. Um, who knows what it looks like behind the scenes, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a frustrating, frustrating situation all around for everybody. All right. Good job guys. On that note, yeah. yeah. Should we, uh, should we do some game predictions here quick before we get out Ooh, of here? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Dad, Sip, you want to go first? I've called you dad there for a second. Hey, dad. <laughs> hey, dad. I, I don't mind that. I think you should. Um, hey, dad. I, okay, I'll lead off. I can't pick Nebraska. I just don't think it's – I mean, Northwestern's a fa- the favorite, three-and-a-half-point favorite. I just don't – I can't – I just can't do it until Nebraska proves a little bit more to me. I thought Nebraska did play well, you know – I know this is sort of embarrassing. I, I get so much out of going back 
and watching the games. I didn't do that until a couple of days ago, the Ohio State game. Nebraska played pretty well for 25 minutes of that game. Um, and then kind of lost control of it for about 10 minutes. And then after that, it was just sort of over. But the I, they need to carry that 25 minutes into Evanston. And they'll have a good shot to win. But I just can't pick them until they show me that they can play with a little bit more discipline, not turn it over. You know, they have nine penalties in at Ohio State. Northwestern has 11 through two games, which is not even that good for Northwestern. But I, all by way of saying, I'd say Northwestern wins 27 to 24. Another tough closest. loss. Yeah. I, uh, yeah I, go ahead, Baz. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, Bazzy. All right. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go the opposite just to be a little different. I think Nebraska wins. Um, I think they do carry over that first 25 minutes from Ohio State. And the difference between – this game and the Ohio State game is if Nebraska does go a little haywire, it's not like Northwestern has the athletes to, to all of a sudden have you in a 38-14 hole or, or whatever it is. They might score – they might turn a couple mistakes into points, but it might be, you know, instead of 38-14, it might be 21-10 or 21-13. It, it'll still be within striking distance for Nebraska. These games are always close. Nebraska should have won up there two years ago uh, with the worst team than what they have this year. And Northwestern having maybe a team as good as they have again this season, I I think they come out like they're shot out of a cannon. I think you see that frustration that Scott Frost kind of showed Monday. I think you see that kind of kind of trickle down to his team. I think it's close. I think Nebraska cleans it up a little bit. I think they're able to move the ball a little bit on this defense. And I say Nebraska wins twenty four twenty. Say again, please. Nebraska twenty four, Northwestern twenty. Twenty. Okay, thank you. Trailed off. Yeah, we're all. All right in the same range. I typically, um, like I, I, a lot of times in making these picks have, have taken exactly the approach that Sipple has. And just in terms of like, you know, I'll pick them when they, they prove something. I just, this week I've, I'm on a total punch basically. Sometimes you got to do that. And I think it's hard. Like I have a real hard time talking too much about positives when you lose a game by 35 points. But that being said, I think that the, maybe the one thing that's portable from that game against Ohio State is the physicality in the trenches both ways. And I, I think – and I'm, I'm more confident in the offensive line than the defensive line just because we've seen more of that group than we have of the defensive line. But I think that Nebraska likes what it's working with in the trenches on both sides. And that will keep you in a game like this one. And, you know, both teams obviously have a big opportunity. I could certainly come out of Saturday thinking like, of course, I should have picked Pat Fitzgerald in a nail biting game. Um, but just on a total hunch uh, and based on what I think Nebraska can do in the trenches, um, I picked them 24 to 23. You pick Nebraska 24, 23, as you said earlier, if they lose or maybe Baz said it wouldn't be the end of the world. The end of the world doesn't sound all that bad to me right now, um, but I. Uh, <laughs> we're not sorry. we're not going to the end of the world, Sipple. We're going to uh, Chicago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're we not are, going, going to Penn State. You're just going to Evanston. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but this that one of my favorite moments in all of the. I almost just swore all of the endless hours I've spent with yeah. Sipple over the past three plus years. A lot of hours, Parker. What? <laughs> 
one of the funniest single moments was driving to Chicago, I think for Big Ten football media days, probably um, yeah. years ago. And we're, we're coming into the Chicago area from the West, obviously. And you could just kind of like, you know, you're out pretty far and you can see the skyline way off in the distance, but there's a lot of, you know, just stuff, a lot of gray between you and the lake. And Sipple looked at me and he said, here we go into the apocalypse. <laughs> here we go. Wow, Chicago. Into the mouth of the devil himself. Yeah, Chicago's a city that needs a lot of help. Um, but, <laughs> okay. Okay, Ryan, we'll just, And right. we're a podcast team that needs a lot of help, I would say. <laughs> Pat's dropped the calm down on me. I love it when you do that. <laughs> the podcast was a success because you told me to calm down. Yeah, then we're going to call that a win, fellas. Okay, that's a win, W. All right. Hey, uh, Thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in. Uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, thanks again to Tom's, Tom Dinsdale Automotive, Grand Island and Hastings, uh, for sponsoring the podcast. We're, we're always appreciative of their support. We're appreciative of your support, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.